0: Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregory's Ministries Podcast. We're so excited. Tanner's in another location today, but we have another special guest, Gary Hennenfin. Tell me, did I tell say that right, Gary?
1: Nailed it, brother.
0: <laughs> so Gary, he's actually an import. He is here from in the U.S. right now, but he is from Canada. And when when did you move from Canada, Gary?
1: Uh, yeah, so I came here to go to school, go to Rama. 2006, and then, you know, Ramo Bridal Training Center. I met my wife from Kentucky at school, and so the pull was real. So that was was the end of my Canadian days
0: for now, anyways. Man, and and just we want to congratulate you now. You uh, just announced on Facebook, I saw that you guys are expecting twins. And so your family of five is now turning into seven very quickly. So congratulations on that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Touchdown. We got seven. So I think we've done our part, but yeah, we're super excited. We're very thankful. Uh, Our oldest is a girl and then uh, the older twin is a boy. So three boys in the middle and then we got another girl at the end. So my daughter is very happy to have a little
2: sister on the way yeah Yeah, you got a whole hockey team there There we do have a
1: hockey team uh our youngest right now is pretty tough so um we definitely think he's a hockey player for sure but yeah no we've rounded out our starting five if you like basketball yeah um, no matter what I think we're finished
0: (laughs) I have to be honest I was really impressed with your uh football reference there american football with touchdown because i know you guys uh, maybe aren't familiar necessarily with our uh, american football terminology but you, you use the touchdown phrase so man props to you for that
1: thank you we actually have our own football league in canada did you know that the yeah, cfl the
0: yeah 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 so, uh
1: it's three down football
0: well, Gary, man, I've known you for quite a few years. I actually, uh, you were my prayer group leader at Rama when I uh, first came in, like 2011 or 2012. It's been wow. almost 10 years. Wow, which is just crazy. Yeah, I think how fast you know time is going by. But man, you've uh, not only you you've been ministering all around the world. You've taught at several different Bible schools, but you're also you're teaching at Rama. Uh, Bible Training College in Tulsa right now is that correct
1: yeah yeah that 's correct so uh, get to have the honor it 's always a privilege to be able to speak into the lives of you know anytime anybody entrusts a, a pulpit to you, just like this honor to sit and talk to you guys today, you value that, you honor that, you esteem that, yeah, so we got sixty students in that are in the in the class that i 'm teaching right now, and just have a lot of fun, man, teaching. Teaching on faith in God, teaching on the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, preaching on you know our our redemption, and of course covering you know the material that needs to be covered all at the same time. So yeah, Rame uh, is the best Bible school in the world, and to be training laborers to go out uh, is just uh, it's just an honor.
0: And and you know uh, I was just thinking about we have a mutual friend Garrett Decker. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know he'll probably listen in. So I just want to say, Garrett, we miss your laugh, man. You have the the most amazing laugh in the history of mankind. So uh, and uh, come back to Rama sometime. Join us. We we miss you here in Oklahoma, brother. But uh,
1: yeah, we love you, buddy. <laughs> and I always love when you're in the room. I know there's always at least one person louder than me. So I'm always <laughs> glad. <about> that. <laughs>
0: It's so true. Garrett, uh, he was like, he was the head usher in prayer school and Gary would be teaching in, in the healing school there as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could always hear Garrett just at the front row laughing. I'd be in the back running sound and I'd hear him going. And so Garrett, we miss you, brother. Come back to Tulsa sometime and, and visit us. But, uh, but Gary, have you had a chance to go back to Canada since you've uh, been here for school?
1: Yeah, so typically go back every year, usually in the summertime to get out of the heat. Uh, But was able to do a family trip uh, October of 2019. So, you know, our three kids and uh, did it was kind of a ministry trip slash family trip. And uh, actually got to hang out with the Deckers because we're from the same hometown. So spent some time with them. And man, I was glad we did because, you know, with everything that's going on now. But, um, but yeah, I know I always like to go home. Uh, you know, there's no place like home. So I always make time for, for going back, seeing people and, and using that opportunity to uh, hopefully minister to somebody, at least one person while you're home. So yeah, absolutely. Go back as soon as they'll lift all these restrictions.
0: I hear yeah. you. You know, I kind of wanted to get into, you know, how God actually led you to, you know, initially come to Rhema? Because, you know, all of us, I didn't know if, you you know, I haven't had the chance to talk to you, but did you grow up in church or what was your your, uh, experience like in terms of, you know, being introduced to Jesus and to God as your father? And and what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, so for me, yeah, I grew up in church. My parents were kind of first generation Christians and uh, came in the charismatic renewal, you know, in the 70s. And so, of course, the word of faith was going strong. And so, man, back then, uh, Charles Cowan would come up to our church up in Vancouver and the different ones. Uh, but anyways, so through that, through the word of faith, then our family started coming down to to the Raymond camp meetings in the mid-90s. So my dad and uh, mom and then us three kids, I was the oldest. So we would all come down. Uh, and so, as far as I really remember dedicating my life to the Lord, probably y'all remember the power team, <laughs> the guys that would break the bats and the hot hot air balloons. So, I don't know if I thought uh, really making that decision was going to enable me to do that or not. But, anyways, it moved me to <laughs> clearly not, but, anyways, it moved me to a place of uh, making that decision at that age and then. Uh, you know we would start coming down to camp meeting every year starting in the mid-90s and then uh, probably that last year 1999 so I was 16 years old and just uh, really kind of and you guys can probably relate i had been around it but then I started kind of becoming I understood began to understand you know what the word was and the power of the word and um, you know there was a speaker there pastor Mark Hankins he taught three days on a spirit of faith and talked about the Ephesians prayer. So stuff that, wow, kind of, you know, really planted a seed in me at that age, at 16, that I began to now understand, okay, what this is about, what it means to, uh, to be a believer, to be a Christian, and, you know, how faith works. All of those things started coming together, I I wouldn't say, you know, it wasn't instantaneous. You know, you you kind (laughs) of, when you're younger, you kind of have your ups and your downs, you know, within that, uh, which I certainly did in the years that followed. But um, so that was kind of my experience, though, just being exposed to it. And then we would come back every year. And, man, of course, as a teenager sitting in the big arena there and seeing Brother Hagen minister. A man teach on, of course, and then he did the Holy Spirit meetings as well, Holy Ghost meetings as he called them. So you just don't see that growing up in church, right? So <laughs> I'd go home, I'd go home and I'd play the videos for my buddies, right? So they're heathens, right? So we're watching, <laughs> we're watching them lay hands on people at whole row, you know, in the convention center with the, uh, with the risers, it would make that real loud noise whenever the Holy Spirit was moving. And so <laughs> they got their attention, But uh, so anyways, so that kind of led in the process of time when I I was able to, when I completed my undergrad degree, come down here uh, and go to school and really go to Ramah in 06. And at that point, really fully committed to following God's plan for my life and and fulfilling it. And so that was kind of, you know, my experience in in following the Lord, uh, you know, to, to get to the place where i Where I came down here to go to school
0: and I think uh something that's huge is you know growing up in church Santa and myself we were were very similar probably a year yeah. so there comes a time uh where you have to realize that everything that God did he didn't do just for your parents, and the relationship that you have with God can't just be through your parents, it can't be just through your pastor, but it has to be something that you have personally with him, and so when that becomes a reality to us that the relationship that Jesus made available is available to me. And it's not just, uh, I don't have to do it through somebody else. And, you know, there's a lot of religions around the world where they feel like they have to access God through somebody else. Um, but it becomes a reality to us. Everything we Jesus has provided becomes a reality whenever we realize that we have access directly through him. And so, you know, as a, a teenager myself, I experienced that, you know, kind of this awakening that, you know, God is God to my parents, but He's also God to me. God is Father to my parents, but He's also Father to me. And so, when we embrace that, we have the ability to kind of start walking in that for our our, ourselves personally. And Tanner probably has a similar story to that. Oh
2: yeah, you know, Gary, you mentioned you were sixteen whenever you started, you know, coming to those things. I had a similar moment. It was camp meeting, but it was for um, the teenagers. They called it Mm -hmm. Summer Blitz, and so I had one of those kind of aha moments where you know it, it became real to me um, I actually down at the convention center um, it'd, be, it'd be the early 2000s or so um, it was the the kids camp meeting back mm-hmm. in the back that they had there um, I remember actually answering the call to to go to the back room to be filled with the spirit and so that happened at the convention center and you know just I mean so many so many things growing up around that it just is what it is but like Josh said, you have to have that moment for you. It's got to be real to you. It can't be through your parents or, or through your friends or anything like that. And I know, you know, for me specifically, my my dad's the dean of the school, my my mom was Mrs. Hagan's assistant for a long time. A lot of people would look at me and say, oh, are you going to go to Rama?" And I was like, no, <laughs> it's the last thing I'm going to do. I, are you kidding me? That's cheesy. And then, you know, I... I had, I had to come to the realization where, oh, maybe God is calling me this. And it's not because my parents are telling me to, or it's not because so-and-so says that I should, but it's because of the plan and the purpose that he actually has for me. Amen. Amen. Yep.
1: Yeah, and God's so faithful in that he'll give you, you know, the right ministry gifts at the right time that speak to your heart. And so, you know, that's the thing about the gospel, right? The power's in the gospel, and God has the ability. He's not limited because he is God, right? So we always always emphasize Is that there is a supernatural element to the gospel or to the power that goes beyond methods, that goes beyond points, that goes beyond rules, that God really is God. And if God was big enough to show himself and to reveal himself, you know, to the previous generation, he'll surely do that to our generation, right? He said, you know, seek and you shall find. after generation and so that's the amazing thing about the god that we serve and the movement that we're a part of is there's this element that you really cannot define in other words you cannot put this really just contain this and that element being god himself that he is supernatural He, he can reveal himself at any time at any moment to anybody and so uh, he's just so faithful in that sense that just as he was the God of our fathers, yeah, he's the God of our generation. But not only that, he'll be the God to the next generation. He'll show himself strong to generation to generation. And so just so thankful that that is the God that, we're, that we serve. And there is that supernatural element that's a part of the family of God and a part of the message of the gospel.
2: That's so good. And, you know, our generation especially is searching for something real. They're searching for, you know, that encounter with something that's not just a, a principle or a theory, but something that is reality. And Gary, I know you've uh, ministered a lot in the healing school. and uh, So if you could tell us a, a little bit about that, about the, the reality um, that God is a healer today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had the opportunity. So when I graduated uh, from Rame, I was able to go right over into healing school and taught there for almost 10 years or 10 years or so. Anyway, so in those experiences and ministering to the sick and, and, and things like that, uh, you got to see, and Josh was a part of that as well, but every every case, you know, Brother Hagen would say, every case stands on its own merits. Every person you administer or be you'd have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit, but uh, within that though I think one of the things that uh, and maybe Josh can speak to this, but I know I know that I grew in it is just being able to follow God boldly in that yeah, he he has a promise, right? So 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes you were healed, or Matthew 8, 17, or Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. So you have the promises of God, but we also know this, that faith is an act, or faith acts on the word. So if you believe that God is a healer, and what we were taught is that the faith is not only on the side of the receiver, but there also needs to be faith present on the side of the minister. In other words, you need to minister... I was listening to Brother Hagen today, and he said, man, I would get at least 60% of the people in my meeting sealed. Sometimes I think he said 80 or 90. And so he said, if there was a problem, I'd go to the Lord. So in other words, he wasn't saying it's on the people's fault. He would deal with himself, right? So sometimes as ministers, we need to hold ourselves to a little bit of a higher standard. But anyways, yeah. side journey. But within that though, what we learn what I learned is if you will begin to kind of step out on the promises of God. So some examples, uh I know early on ministering in the smaller auditorium, there was a gentleman there and man, like Tanner, I don't know how old you are, but I was probably not much older than you are now. And the Lord had me kind of get in front of this guy and just sort of dance, right? So I was like, Man, you know. You're kind of crazy when you're in your twenties, right? You'll do stuff. But you still should do it though when you get older. And when the Holy Ghost lands, you do. But so I got in front of this guy. We just start I just started to dance. I said, get up and dance, man. Don't know what I was don't really remember what I was preaching on. Well, and didn't really think much of it afterward, except uh we would call people and check up on them after they came, right? so what what we didn't know about this guy is he needed a brand new heart. <laughs> well, probably dancing is probably not something he should do, but he said, and that's what we found out is that when he went back, they said, "Man, you got a brand new heart right so Praise the Lord. You just follow the Holy Spirit. You expect, you step out and the Holy Spirit says, hey, get in front of that guy and dance. I mean, you don't know necessarily what people are dealing with, right? But you know that he is Jehovah Rapha, which means he is the Lord, our healer. Uh, Another example I'm thinking about is a guy who came and Josh, you might've been in healing school at this point, but this was a ministry in the back room of a guy who was, um, in the marines and i do remember he was like 27 year old guy in the marines and he was dealing with some excruciating leg pain or i don't know i posted the testimony on facebook but i don't remember all the details but i do remember saying we're gonna lay hands on you and you will be healed in right now right now in the name of jesus so, what Brother Hagan said, I did, right? He did, and it did. In other words, he received his healing immediately. And I do remember specifically after that happened, he said, Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, you know that it really wasn't on his faith, that he wasn't really expecting. But sometimes for you and I, if we will just take a step at, on our part and say, Hey, let's just go ahead and act like the Bible's true because. Otherwise, we're just having school. If we don't have no healing, then we're just having yeah. school. We are here to see the sick meet made well, to see them ministered to, and to see their bodies amend, be whole. And so uh, some of those experiences, I remember uh, a lady that was deaf in one ear, right? So I said, I don't know what I did. I want, remember that kitchen that's over there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said, I went into the other room and I, I don't know, I was doing all kinds of stuff, but she was healed of a deaf ear in healing school just by, you know, I'm not saying anything about me necessarily, just to say that when we step out boldly, right, and confidently in God, that he shows himself strong on our behalf. So um, the other thing when I think about healing school is um, Jim Hockaday used to be over the healing school and uh, he has a book called The Gospel of John. And so uh, they carried it in the bookstore. So I bought it and read it. And he talks about uh, John chapter 17. He says, you know, you got the Lord's prayer. But he said John John 17 is really Jesus' prayer for us. And within that, he also talks about um, ministering through the gifts of the Spirit, right? And so... I I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is before I read that book, the gifts didn't operate. And after I read that book, the gifts began to operate. And I began to say, all right, I can trust you, Lord, right? For the gifts of the Spirit, they do operate severally as the Spirit wills. We do understand that according to the text, but right on the other hand, Jesus is always present to show Himself strong, right? So I began to see and 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 grow, and that was a great place. About that environment is as a is a great safe place where you could learn, grow, make mistakes, which we're all going to make them. But your heart is to minister to the people. So we got to see people. Uh, so I just began to kind of yield to that, right? Uh, that the Holy Spirit may may give you a word for somebody to call out. And so man I'm so thankful to have had an environment like that where I could where I could learn how to do learn about something but then put it into immediate application right so then you know with everything that's been going on here lately I was at a church a couple of months ago and you can't lay hands on people but guess what you cannot limit the holy spirit if he yeah. wants to heal people and so that's exactly what happened he said I'm healing this I'm healing that I'm healing that so he just says so the sa- the same gifts right are, are present and then the power is available people receive their healing there was one guy that was there from a rehab center well you can't tell that guy that God doesn't need it done to heal because he left the meeting healed right yeah. so there's something about uh the power of God that that God is that it's a redemptive right in other words I had a guy try to sow me a seed in healing school for your healing. I said, brother, you can't sow your seed for your healing. Christ has purchased that. He's redeemed yeah. you, right? Keep your money. You just receive your healing on the basis of what Christ has done. But also, I am, you're not by yourself. I'm going to work with you, minister to you, and we're going we're gonna to work together.
0: You know, and something that I loved about Healing School is it just gave, uh, it was really an encouragement to everybody that you are an active participant in what Jesus did. You're not just a bystander. Even yeah. if you were just sitting in the congregation and someone else was ministering to you, you still have the same power within you to minister to yourself and to minister to others as that person speaking does. And so, you know, I love in Mark 16, and we, we talked about it a lot in healing school that believers lay hands on the sick. And that's not the only way that the Holy Spirit, just like Gary was talking about, there were times where they weren't able to lay hands on people, but just through the words that were spoken, people were healed. But in Mark 16, it talks about how we believers lay hands on the sick and the sick are made well. There was no condition made on that. It didn't say, if you're a prophet, if you're a pastor, if you're an apostle, and if you're an evangelist, if you lay hands on the sick, those people will be made well. It just says a believer. And you know those. Uh, that means that if you're a believer in Jesus, you have the ability to see healing operating and miracles operating in your life. And there was a, a gentleman in healing school in Gary, I don't know if you were there at that time, but there was a gentleman that came in and he had an eye patch on and he wasn't able to see anything out of his eye. And, you know, we were asking him what was going on with him. And he said that he had, uh, you know, a brain tumor and that brain tumor was actually pushing his eyeball out of the socket. Mm. And so he, he lost vision in his eye. He was having to wear that eye patch. And he said, you know, the doctors have given up. They've said, there's nothing else that I can do. Um, You know, and he came in those back rooms. Of course, he sat in those meetings that we had, but then he would come in the back room and we ministered to him and we talked to him about meditation or how to participate with the word of God and how how to interact with the word of God in his personal life. And so we began giving him Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you and he quickens your mortal body all the time. Even when you're not quoting scripture, the spirit of God is quickening or making alive your mortal body. And so for about a week, we were able to minister to him and you know he left he he still had the eye patch on it didn't look with our natural eyes like anything that had changed but we know that whenever we speak the word of god results have to happen it's just it's a spiritual law it's just what happens and so he left that day and he uh, you know just like you said we call them we we uh, check up on them we see how they're doing and so we tried to call him for several months he wasn't answering He wasn't, you know, returning our calls. And so in that moment, you have the opportunity to think worst case scenario, you know, is did something bad happen, did it not work? Did what we speak not become a reality in his life? But, you know, there was a, a woman that came about three months later after this gentleman had come. And she said, do you remember this gentleman? And we said, yes, yes. We've been trying to get in touch with him. How's he doing? And she goes, well, I'm here to tell you right now that he's no longer having to wear the eye patch. His vision has been completely restored. And then she said, not only that, but the tumor that's in his brain is completely gone. And the doctors told him that it's as if there was never a tumor there before. And then she said, not only this. But this gentleman is now actually a pastor in my church. Ah. (laughs) And so I love this to see that this guy, he came in, he told us, he said, he really necessarily didn't have a lot of faith. He said, I'm not here because I necessarily believe. I'm here because I don't have anywhere else to go. And so sometimes people are on their last straw. They don't have anywhere else to turn. But God is so merciful. He is graceful. And he's willing to minister to them. But not only minister to them. He, that man received his healing, but then he actually stepped into the destiny that God already had for him. And so God doesn't want to just, uh, you know, heal you completely from whatever you're going through. He actually wants to send you forth as delivered. Just like when Jesus was reading the temple from the scroll of Isaiah, when he said that they were sent forth as delivered. So he wants to not only get you completely restored, but he wants you to be sent forth into the destiny that he has for you so anybody that's listening to this you don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you we want to encourage you that right now the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is dwelling in your body. He's living in you right now in this very moment, and he is quickening your mortal body. He is making your body alive in this very moment. And you don't have to wait for some apostle or, or, or healing minister to lay hands on you in this moment if you'll agree with it that the Holy Spirit is dwelling and working in your body. You're going to start experiencing healing, start to manifest itself in your life
1: amen yeah the power of god is always present it's always available uh man i was just listening to brother hagan today he's talking about this lady who man she had a club foot from birth and she listened for six months all she did was just listen to the word and he because she said to him and his wife look i'm wearing my first new brand brand new pair of shoes and they thought, what has this woman been poor her life? So she never couldn't afford no parish. She said, no, club foot, not only that, but I was born without a baby toe. And just through the gospel, through the power that was present, and listening, I got a. New baby toe, and I got my feet completely healed. So, absolutely, the power is all is present even just by hearing the word because the gospel, according to Romans 1, it is the power. So, if you and I teach the gospel, if you and I preach the gospel, somebody told me just today, they said, You talk about Jesus enough until he shows up, right? In other words, you just keep talking about Christ, what he's done, what how faith in God, how it's available, and how it works, and you will absolutely absolutely get the God kind of results in your life. So just lay claim, lay hold, don't let the devil talk you out of God's best blessing for your life. And it is available, right? We know Dad Hagen taught us this, a man gets what he believes for in life nothing more and nothing less. So if you and I will determine, how do I know what I'm believing? Well, second Corinthians 4:13, we believe therefore we speak. So you begin to say to yourself, right? I like to say this, I have a well body, I have a sound mind, I have a full supply, I have a bright future. So you hold fast to those words that you say. You don't turn loose of them. Josh, just like you said, it's a law, right? Romans 12:3 talks about the law of faith. So a law, right? Like the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. So doesn't matter if I believe believe in that law or not the law is in operation so once you hear the word right then you determine to act on the word and so really the first act of faith or the initial act of faith if you believe it you have to show the evidence of your believing will be through the words that you say right so if you really if you don't believe the word enough to where it's affecting the words that you say then we would dare say right whoever we are we are in unbelief. Because belief will persuade you to act, right? So if you really believe God, you'll move into a place, like it says about Abraham in Romans 4, that he was fully persuaded, right? That what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So, in other words, we can tend to, uh, we learn from Dad Hagen to stay in the arena of faith, you have this other arena, a counterfeit, and that is called mental ascent, right? So mental ascent looks like faith, sounds like faith, but it is not faith. What mental ascent does is they say, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that, but I'm still sick or I'm still <laughs> broke, or I'm still, yep. right. I know that, I know that. Yeah, you know that. But the problem is you got to get past just understanding it with your head and moving over into the arena of faith or what we'd say revelation knowledge. In other words, I don't just know it with my brain, right? I got the revelation on it. And so just that word, right, when it, it pushes past just is the watering process is sometimes necessary where you need that word to to in certain instances to be watered. So that faith sp- springs up within yourself and then you grab a hold of that word. Amen. And so all of a sudden, man, I don't know what happened, but my body that used to be sick is not sick anymore. Why? Because when the gospel gets released, like we were saying earlier, there is this supernatural element that's present that you can't quantify, that you can't principalize, that you just have to understand that it is loose and when you give yourself enough time over into that power that you know is available Things cannot help but change in your life. Your finances can't help but change. Your family can't help but change. Your body can't help but change. Situations, problems that you thought you could never get out of. You'll look back a year from now and say, I don't even know. Just like the Lord told, the angel told Abraham and Sarah, about a year from now, you're going to have a baby. You think it's impossible. But let me tell you, when God goes to work on your behalf, he's got something supernatural on the other side. So just Hold fast to the word that the Lord has spoken to you and you will experience it and receive God's best for your life.
0: Man, absolutely. And you know, there I believe there's people that have been here that have maybe received a a report from the doctor that has told them that, you know, maybe things don't look good or it's getting worse. But we want you to know whatever they've said is not your future. That is not your destiny. your yep. future has already been established by the blood of Jesus. You are healed. You are whole. You are complete by the blood of Jesus. By his stripes, you are healed. So no matter what anybody has told you, hold fast to the truth and the reality of God's word. You are healed today. You don't have to wait for tomorrow to come. You don't have to wait until you see with your natural eyes. If you can just embrace that with your heart. I am healed and not only embrace it, but begin to speak it out of your mouth. And and a lot of what we're talking about is meditation and meditation is wherever we speak the word of God until it becomes so real to us. And it's, I truly believe it's the process of renewing your mind. And, you know, Gary, I was listening, you know, you and your wife really every Friday, you guys have like a, a weekly encouragement that you do on your ministry page and something your wife said, really actually helped me a little bit she said you know when it comes to meditation she said if you know how to worry you know how to meditate and that seems is it made it simple if you know how to worry you know how to meditate because if worrying you're you're thinking about something constantly you're thinking about how something may end up you're thinking about the outcome that may happen But there's a positive aspect. Instead of worrying and thinking on the negative side, what if you totally switch that and you start thinking of the best case scenario? What if you start, because the best case scenario is the reality that's been provided to us in Christ. So instead of thinking about what if this situation gets worse? What if I don't have enough finances? What if you just change that and say, what if I have too much? what am I going to do when I don't have, I have too much and I've got to find ways to give it out and I run out of places. to. And so what that happens is that actually changes the way that you think your perspective. And it actually uh, just changes the way that you actually see and actually expect things to happen in your life. And, you know, I, that was something Gary, I heard on some of the things you were talking about was to set your expectation put your heart in a place of expectation. You guys kind of walked through Joshua a, a little yeah. bit in your, um, in your uh, weekly uh, kind of devotional or encouragement. And so That's you, you went, yeah, you went through one that, that talked about, you know, really setting your expectation, put your heart into a place of expectation. So I want to kind of just give you a minute to, to kind of talk about that as well.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Psalm 62 5, it says my expectation is holy, holy or only upon God. And so, you know, of course, Jesus said Mark eleven twenty-two to have faith in God. So there is this idea right there. You have to understand as a believer that, uh, we don't ever put our expectation on any person, right. Or on anything that our expectation remains fixed or, or only upon God. And even just to go back a step, you had mentioned about, you know, what the, about the blood and, and understanding, because what a lot of believers struggle with, and even like when I came to Ramah, when I started uh, before school, I would meditate on the re- the scriptures on redemption, on what Christ has done uh, for me and um, actually Uh, I was preaching here lately, Ephesians 2.13. I want to share this verse. It says, um, uh, in the Passion Translation, it says, Yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to Him. Through the sacred blood of Jesus, you have actually been united to Christ. So, Josh, like you were saying, when you start meditating on that, what happens is your mind starts changing. Your mind starts being renewed because you may know that you've made a mistake. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? But 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anybody be in Christ, he or she is a new creature so you're a new kind of person you're a new species of being right that has never existed before so you literally your identity transforms or your identity changes because of if you go all the way back the law of substitution which means adam's fall right produced death and sin therefore death and so you needed somebody to come as a substitute who was Jesus, who was tempted at every point as we are yet without sin, right? And he was born of a virgin birth. So uh, that's important because if you study out a, a, a birth, it says no in a normal birth, no blood ever passes from mother to child. So in, in Leviticus says the life is in the blood. So the blood that was in Jesus was pure, sinless, spotless, right? It, that which was in Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was walking around with untainted, unaffected, sinless, spotless blood. So even if, you know, when they tried to throw him off the cliff over there in Luke chapter 5, his body would have just regenerated itself because there was no sin in him right so he said no man takes my life from me i lay it down right the only thing that caused jesus to uh you know go on it go experience the 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 death that he experienced was Corinthians 521 he became sin who knew no sin so when he took sin upon himself he qualified therefore Only reason he did it was for you and me to be our substitute, to take our place, just like the law of faith, the law of substitution. So when he qualified as a sinless, spotless sacrifice, tempted in every point yet as without sin. So then he goes into the father. He, he, then we become legally redeemed, purchased, bought back. So therefore we become brand new God people in the earth. So when we renew our minds to this fact, listen, there's nothing that I could, there's nothing that I've done that's bigger than what Christ has done for me. So I can always live. So like Josh, to your point, then what happens is you got to renew your mind and say, all right, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And even if you don't understand it with your mind necessarily, just stay with that and you'll grow in the revelation of it. And so, the other part of that is you have, that's the legal side of redemption. In other words, that's what Christ did for me legally. But E.W. Kenyon's got a book called uh, um, The Bible and Light of Redemption. What he talks about in that book, he says, you got the legal side, but there's a whole other side. That's the vital side of redemption. You know what the vital side is? Is that is the present tent, this present ministry of Jesus living on the inside of you. Colossians 1 says, Christ in you that is the hope of glory so yeah we're legally redeemed we're brought back brought back all of that and we need that but not only that Paul said in Acts 17 28 he said in him I live and move and have my being so when I move in the earth when I move and do my assignment whether I'm going to work whether I'm raising my kids whether I'm preaching the ministry whatever I'm doing I'm not doing in my own strength not only can I be bold and confident In what God's called me to do, I've literally got God on the inside of me. If I'll yield to that power, if I'll yield to that ability, I get God's results all the time. So I learned that there's some kind of force, right? So, example I kind of like is you've got uh, these old cop cars. and they, uh, man, I forget what they're called right now, but what they have on the the, the new car, the, what they have that makes them a good cop car is a police interceptor, right? Okay. So on the outside, you have these cars. If you look at them side by side, they look the exact same. But uh, I used to clean these old cop cars when I worked at ORU, change the oil and 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 wash them up. But- underneath the hood of the cop car you got a police interceptor and so in that thing you got some serious power right and so as a believer you've got two you may look the same on the outside in other words you got hands you got eyes you got nose you got a mouth you look the same but on the inside when you're a believer you've got some power (laughs) in other words coming back to that vital side jesus that vital side of redemption there is like you said josh romans 8 11 there is resurrection power that's at work that yeah we're there to heal the sick and, and we believe that but it's also going to help you at the dinner table it's going to yep. help you in your relationships there's that god power or that vital side of redemption that when you get when you start to realize man there's something there's somebody else working here because this just ain't me this is god in me and so getting back Exactly then your expectation, you're not just limited to, okay, this is this is just me, man, I know. No, it ain't just you. It's Jesus Christ in you. It's the hope of glory. You're a brand new kind of person that never existed before. So you change your expectation that when I go out the front door, when I go to work, when I go to wherever I'm at, it ain't just me. I expect favor. I expect supernatural encounters. I expect all the time Because of who's on the inside of me, greater, right, is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, revelation of not only what Christ has done for me, but also what he's doing in me all the time. That there's a power that's present that cannot be quantified. In other words, when you weigh my body, you may not realize that, oh, yeah. Part of that is Jesus Christ, and there's unlimited resurrection power, and when you go into a room, right, we sing, you know, everything changes, right, and not only when Jesus walks into the room, but I like to say when you walk into the room, because you carry that power, you carry that presence, you carry that anointing, so even what Josh is saying, even to your own body, right, you say, man, I got Christ on the inside of me, I expect my body to change in the name of Jesus. You lay hands on the sick. If that means myself, then I lay hands on myself, and I expect the healing power to flow. I expect it to be an operation. I expect. I expect. I expect. So I put my expectation on God. I expect Him to work uh, not only for what He's done for me, but also what He's constantly doing in me.
0: Man, that is powerful, and I, mean, I, I want to just uh, you know encourage everybody. What Gary was just talking about is something is the way that we need to live our lives and the way that we need to meditate ourselves all the time. So this might be a podcast that you need to listen to more than once. You may need to rewind 15 minutes while Gary just went full bore in the anointing yeah. and listen again to what he was just saying. Because that is not something you just need to listen one time. That's something you need to constantly. Constantly be letting go into your ears because that's going to build faith. That's going to encourage you who you are. That's going to build you up in your true identity and show you what you have access to. It's time for us as the body of Christ to not live lower than what God has established us as. And so what Gary was just talking about is the position that we've been placed in and that what we have access to. But Tanner, I wanted to. I, I feel like you had something, and I kept cutting you off. So I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> you guys, you, Josh, I was about to say the exact same thing that you said. What Gary just said needs to be clipped, and some people that are listening need to go back and listen to that because what that is is that's meditation. That's yeah. what you were talking about, Josh and Gary. That's that's what we're talking about. I love in uh, Philemon chapter one it says the communication of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledging of the good things in you in Christ. What are those good things? Gary just said them. He just said those good things. And so that's what we need to go back to and and, and acknowledge those things. And that's what renewing our mind is. That's what meditating on the truth is. Those things that are in us in Christ.
0: Yeah. And Gary, there's a lot of people that are going to be listening that are going to want to know how they can hear more from you. So we want to know if people want to hear more from you. I know you guys have a, you have a weekly podcast. Is that correct? And what's the name of that podcast? So people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we do, uh, it's called the lit Bible cast. So I'm trying to reach guys like y'all, but also I have a degree in biblical literature. So it's kind of a play off of that because we're covering books of the Bible. So we go through, we've gone through the book of Mark, we've gone through the book of Romans, we just finished the book of Joshua, uh, and so we do it from the perspective of covering the historical facts, right? so context is important, but uh, yeah. when I, was a, I was a teacher's assistant at ORU, and I had a, my boss told me then, 10 plus years ago, don't only make the, ca- the class uh, informational, it has to be, de- be devotional. So always kind of we try to marry those two tracks together, how you can apply it to your real life. But also for Bible nerds, maybe like myself or somebody who really wants to go a little bit deeper in understanding what the Bible says, context, things like that. We make that available. Now, if I'm if I've if I'm got something going on, then we'll also we use that platform as a way to upload messages that we may have recently done as well. So there'll always be something up there. Uh, it'll either generally it's a podcast, but every now and then we'll put in a recent message we've done as and well.
0: How, how can people access that? Is that through your website or do you have it on other platforms as well?
1: Yeah. So yeah, thanks Josh. So our website, if you could spell my last name, uh, hen and Uh, You can find it there under the podcast tab, but we are everywhere. We are on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Uh, I wanted it available on all the platforms. i paid for it to be available on all the platforms. So we like to reach people uh, in any way possible, but so, but you can just go to uh, go to our Facebook. I post the, we post the links there and uh, or go a lot of people through Apple. We're there as well. We're there uh, in Android. So you can find us
0: everywhere. So guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put the link to their website at the bottom of this video so that you can go and you can see it. And you can also see the spelling of his last name. So we're going to make it super easy for you guys to locate them and listen because Gary has got a tremendous message that's burning on the inside of him. And we want you guys to go and support them and listen. Yes. Um, so not only, uh, we want to encourage you to go like them on Facebook, Ken Infant Ministries, also on Instagram, go visit their website um, and then also go follow them on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and check that out. So Gary, I I know we're going to need to get you back on here soon and we're really thankful for your time, man. And and we just appreciate you, brother.
1: Man, I had a great time hanging out with you guys. I really support what you guys are doing and the hunger and the diligence that you guys are doing with serving and, and just your heart to reach people and to minister to people, especially in the generation that we live in now, the way that uh, you're able to do that. So you guys keep up the good work. I'm for you guys, and I'm excited for what God's bringing to pass in y'all's lives and ministries.
0: Oh, man, we thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be in contact with you soon. We'll get you back on, all right? All right, sounds good. All right, we'll see you.